Jesus, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's all clap our hands together. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. While you are standing, let's turn to a passage of Scripture. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 120. Psalm chapter 120, verses 5 through 7. Verses 5 through 7, and then you can be seated. This is what Psalm chapter 120, which begins what is known as the Psalms of Degrees or the Songs of Ascents. And we'll talk about that as we go on through this today. But this is what it says in verse 5. It says, Woe is me. Woe is me. Have you ever said that before? Maybe not in the King James English, but oh, poor me. (laughs) I have some great pity parties for myself. Woe is me, David says, that I sojourn in Mesech, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Woe is me, I'm in this horribly rotten place. I want peace, but I'm stuck in war. And I want to talk to you this morning about the tents of Kadar, specifically coming out of chaos. Would you like to come out of some stuff today? Are you ready for something new? Is there anybody in here that could use some fresh peace in your life today? Let's pray that, Lord. We're asking you to move, to have your way, to sweep through this house. God, let a spirit of deliverance come upon us. Raise us up. Give us victory. And we will praise your name in Jesus' name. Can we shout unto God with the voice of triumph? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You may be seated. Please make sure this mic isn't too hot and I'm not going to hurt anybody's eardrums. You know I only get louder from here, so... uh, Let's just make sure we're not hurting anybody. I want to talk to you about the tents of Kadar. The tents of Kadar. Uh, before I get into this, I'm so happy to have some of my family with me from Tampa. My aunt and my uncle are here visiting. And my grandma, my granny, is here with me today. I love my granny Autry very much. She is a wonderful matriarch in our family. Uh, I am and who I am today, and a large part because of her and the spankings and corrections she gave me. <laughs> And uh, I'm so blessed to have my family. We recently lost my grandfather just a few weeks ago. And uh, my granny is just such a wonderful, powerful woman of faith. I was down there spending the night with her. And people are calling to comfort her. And she's comforting them and praying for them. And and she's just such a wonderful minister of the gospel. Uh, One of my great joys in life is just talking to her about what she's reading and studying. Just such a great uh, mind for the way she thinks of scriptures and all of that. And uh, uh, she's a wonderful encourager to me. And so I'm blessed to have her here today. I'm a little nervous that she's going to be listening to me. I hope I do good today, Granny. (laughs) Thank you. I know she did. My Granny prays for me. And uh, my family, most of us come from Tampa. Last time we were in Tampa, my mom did something bad. I'm going to tell on my mom. She went something like, oh, what did I do? Remember what you did. You got the car stuck. She parked. uh, We had all these torrential downpours, 
And uh, I was actually thinking of it. My papa would be so upset because my mom tore up the grass next to the church. (laughs) He was, I'm talking about a manicurist with the lawn. I mean, every blade of grass had to be perfect. And uh, my mom got the car stuck in the ditch. And uh, so, I mean, it's raining. I had just shined my dress shoes, people. And so I'm out on the back of this car. I'm in my best suit, you know. Trying to push this car out. Finally, I was like, leave the car. Dad will come back when it's not raining. (laughs) And that came to my mind as I was putting this message together today because I think most of us can relate to either a place or a situation that just is horrible. Uh, A place or a situation that you find yourself in where it's like you're stuck and you're trying to rock this thing out of here. I'm stuck in this rut. I'm stuck in this place that I ain't, I don't want to be here anymore. It's raining on me. My dad's kicking mud up in the car on me. And it's just not an enjoyable place. Now, all of us, I think we could think of just naturally, you know, just be carnal for just a moment. Uh, You enjoy vacation. I enjoy being on vacation. We enjoy taking a trip. Uh, We enjoy uh, doing something special with our children. There's these lovely places or these lovely situations where you're just thinking, ah, I don't want this to end. Can I have five more minutes here? This cake is so delicious. I've got to eat it just a little bit longer. One more piece or just five more minutes. And then we do have those situations, both spiritually and naturally, where, you know, the, the car is stuck in the ditch. You know, now it's not our, oxes, uh, our oxen stuck in the ditch. Now it's cars. And uh, we, we have to kind of apply this spiritually now. I want you to kind of go with me here as we journey into the wilderness to the tents of Kedar. Because we find ourselves in these places sometimes where it's just no good. It's just unfair where life has thrown you a curveball. Some of you, you've done it right. Some of us, we've made some mistakes. But regardless, we find ourselves in the scorching desert and we're saying, Woe is me! (laughs) Please! Is there some relief out there? And David knew a lot about this. He spent so many years running for his life, trying to find some rest for his soul. Psalm 143, verse 3, here's how, just a few scriptures how David describes it. 143, verse 3, he said, The enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hadn't just knocked me around. Boy, he's pulverized me and ground me into the dirt. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. I'm buried in the ground in this place of darkness. Psalm 17, 12, he described the enemy like this, as a lion that is greedy of his prey, as it were as a young lion lurking in secret places. The enemy is just lurking, looking for that opportunity. And I'm lost in this secret place, and this isn't the scripture. He that dwelleth in the secret place, this is a bad place. This is a place that's not enjoyable. In Psalm 74, verse 18, this is what uh, he says. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish have, have blasphemed thy name. He speaks of all these. He goes into verse 20. He says, have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of cruelty. So he speaks of dark places, secret places, lurking places. And he gets specific in Psalm chapter 120. 
And he gives you an actual name. He says, I can tell you smack dab the actual address where I'm living right now. He says, this is where I'm at. In verse 1 of Psalm 120, it begins with this. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. Oh, I'm crying out, God, do you hear me? God, I've prayed this before. God, I've sought you before. I need an answer. And he goes into verse 5. Throughout the way, he's saying, deliver me from lying lips and all of this. In verse 5, woe is me. I sojourn in Mesek or Mesek. He gives all of these different names for it. And it is, when you start looking at it, this word right here, it means, when it comes from the Hebrew word, Mosek or Moshek, which means to prolong or to delay. I'm stuck. I'm prolonging in this place by the tents of Kedar. I'm delayed here. I should have been out of here a month ago. <laughs> I should have been gone by now. I should have been delivered by now. And I'm, I'm watching the time tick by. And I don't know why I am still here. I'm dwelling. I'm sojourning in this place in the tents of Kedar. I'm stuck here. Who was Kedar? Let's just have a little Bible study here for a few minutes. And let's take a, a look through Scripture at Kedar. Song of Solomon, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. He says this, I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar. The tents of Kedar means to mourn. The word Kedar itself means to mourn. Kedar speaks of black-skinned tents. These were tents that were actually black. Out here in the desert, they were very easily discovered. You can find them in a very quick manner. All you got to do is look out there and there's black tents. And that's the tents of Kedar. These nomad-like wanderers. In the desert, their family resided in black tents. You could put a, a picture up there of one of those tents just for them to see. Throw another one up. It's just these very dark-skinned tents that would be out in the wilderness. Kadar means to mourn. They lived in a perpetual state of being under darkness. Being under this heaviness of this depressed, oppressed state. You read in Isaiah 21, verse 16, that it says, the glory of Kedar shall fail. Jeremiah 49, 28 lets us know Nebuchadnezzar shall arise and go up to Kedar and spoil the men of the east. When it comes to Kedar, you quickly learn that they are not company you want to keep. Kedar were people, that these people, these men were not people that you wanted to associate with. You don't want to live in a depressed state. You don't want to live with a hopeless bunch. You get really very specific as to who Kedar is in Genesis chapter 25 and verse 13. It says, these are the names of the son of Ishmael. The firstborn of Ishmael is Nabosh. And Kedar, Kedar is the second born son of Ishmael. 
And we know who Ishmael is in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 12, it says, He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Kedar is a son of Ishmael. These hate-filled fighters, constantly a thorn in the side of Isaac, Constantly a problem for the Israelites. These people that wandered out there in the desert under these black tents. These people that were just always looking for a fight. Always causing a problem for the people of God. And that is what David describes himself. He says, I'm dwelling in the tents of Kedar. I'm dwelling where the enemy is constantly fighting against me. I am for peace, but they are for war. I want rest, but they're looking for problems. I'm living under this name that means mourning. I'm living in this place that means heaviness. I'm down and out. I don't want to be here. Woe is me. Is there anybody that might be able to relate and say, I've been there? (laughs) (laughs) one time or another I was there visiting the tents of Kadar I wasn't out there in the middle east but somewhere in Marion County or Sumter County or out there in in Gulf Hammock or in Crystal River I was there in the tents of Kadar I don't know what I did to deserve to be here I don't know what I did wrong. I'm not sure what exactly transpired in my life, but let me tell you where I am. I'm at the tents of Kedar. And he said, I've long dwelt here. David was saying, I don't want to be here any longer. And I can tell you, if you want to be liberated, if you want to be set free, if you want something new to take place in your life, the very first thing that's got to happen is you've got to start saying, I'm sick and tired of where I'm at. I'm sick and tired of what's going on in my life. If you're comfortable in your chaos, if you're happy warring with the enemy, fine by me. You enjoy that, but me, I want peace. I want victory. I want joy, and I got to get out of this enemy's camp. I want to be set free. Somebody right now, you ought to lift your hand and say, Lord, set me free. I got to get out of this. I want something new. I want something refreshing. I've dwelled in the tents of Kadar long enough, and today I'm coming out of this mess. Today I'm coming out of this depression. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, someone say, oh. That's that equivalent of of David saying, woe is me. Sometimes you just got to say, oh, God. Oh, God, I got to get out of here. Oh, I'm talking to someone today. I got a word from the Lord for you. You've stalled. You're stuck. You're trying to rock your life out of a ditch. And I've been dwelling in this chaos. And we've just got all this warring going on in my life. And the enemy is constantly attacking me. I pray for peace, but the peace does not come. I pray, but it seems like the answer does not come to me. But somebody's got to say today, I'm coming out of Kadar. I want something new. I'm ready to enter a new season. I can tell you, I feel the winds of the Holy Ghost blowing for those in attendance today. God is wanting to change the seasons you've been in this season long enough and you need victory now 
Let me tell you, there's a time and a season for everything. It's a time and a season. But if you've been dwelling in Kedar for some time now, you need to understand the season is over, and now you need to get up and you need to move on. God's got victory for you. God's got a blessing for you. God's got something for you, and you're not going to find it dwelling in this state of mourning, in this state of depression, living with the enemy. Someone needs to rise up, pack your bags, and say, I'm going to Israel. I'm going back to the house of God. I'm going back to the people of God. I want joy. I want blessings. I want renewing. Oh, somebody needs to get excited right now. I'm coming out of this thing. I'm coming out of Kedar. I'm done with this place. I'm done with this season of heaviness. I want something new. Oh, Come on, get your mind on Jesus right now. Lord, I'm going to come out of this thing. I'm ready for victory. I want joy. I want renewing. I want refreshing. Come on, you've been there long enough. Come on, you've told the stories long enough. You've imagined, reimagined the same abuse long enough. You've relived the same scenarios, the same stories, the same conversations over and over and over again. You need to get sick and tired of this low level of living and say, I'm going to get out of this thing. God's got a purpose for me. God's got a calling for me. And I'm not going to find it in the enemy's camp. <laughs> Come on, the Lord's speaking to someone today. Lift your hands. <laughs> this won't be a long message. It's a very simple word from the Lord. You've been down long enough. I feel ministering happen right now. There's revelation happening right now. <laughs> you, weren't to, you weren't meant to dwell in Kadar. <laughs> it was just a season. It was just temporary. Now it's up to you to get up and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost blowing through this house right now. Somebody needs to just reach up and grab a hold of the promise of God. Get a hold of that word for, for yourself. <laughs> Maybe it's just for one person here today, but you ought to say, I'm that one person. I'm going to come out of this little funkiness I've been in. I'm, I've been dealing with this weird state of mind for long enough. I'm coming out of this. <laughs> Come on, David, where are you at? You've been under those black-skinned tents long enough. You've dwelt in mourning long enough. You've been licking your wounds long enough. You need to rise up and go back to Israel. You are a king, man. You are called of God. Oh, I'm talking to some people here. The Lord has a purpose on your life. There's ministries that you are supposed to accomplish, and it's not going to happen if you are so inward and you're looking at your own wounds and your own problems, and we're constantly petting our own problems. What we've got to do is rise up and say, I'm not going to be depressed any longer. I'm not going to be sad any longer. I'm not going to deal with this any longer because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My enemy might have a little bit of strength, but my God has all the strength, and I'm coming out of this. Oh! The children of Israel, the children of God, we are now the New Testament children of God. 
<laughs> and we can get stuck just like those Israelites did in the wilderness. You read in Deuteronomy chapter 2. It says they got stuck just walking in circles. They were in this place in Deuteronomy chapter 2 called Mount Seir. Mount Seir, which means rough. And all they did was walk around the mountain. They walked around Mount Rough. Oh, I've been there too. Just walking in circles. Walking around the same problem. Looking at the same impossibility. Staring at the same problem. This is just a rough situation. There's just no way. When all we do is just keep walking in circles. Staring at the same problem. Retelling our same problems. Looking at the same situation. And the Lord spoke to the children of Israel. And he said unto them. Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. You've walked in circles circles long enough. You've dwelt in this rough area, this rough uh, patch of land long enough, and it's time for you to make a move. He said, turn you northward. I say, let's turn ourselves upward and let's get out of this rough area, this rough season. Maybe we've just made it prolonged longer than it's had to be, but let's make a move today. Let's be all in with the Lord today, and let's see if he would get us out of this tents of Kadar, out of this rough patch, and let's Let's move on. <laughs> Come on, you've walked in circles long enough. You've, you, you've prayed the same prayers. We've done the same things. Walking in circles. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall. But there's got to come a point when we just stop saying, Woe is me. Woe is me. Oh, I just thought by now. And I just thought. There's got to come a point. Or after we've been walking and after that we've been faithful, that there is an appointed time just like for those Israelites at the walls of Jericho. There was time to walk and then there was a time to shout. We've been walking, people. You've been faithful to church. You've been faithful to the Lord. You've been doing your part. Now it's time I feel in the Holy Ghost for somebody to look upward and lift a shout unto God and watch some walls fall. It is time for victory. Oh, you don't have to be as loud as me, but with some kind of loud voice that you got, you ought to just shout unto the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. <laughs> oh, come on, David. Come on, David. You've been sitting in sackcloth long enough. You've been talking about your prong problems long enough. It's time for you now to stand up and start walking back to Jerusalem. Get out of the desert. Get out of this wilderness and get back to the presence of God. Oh, Psalm chapter 120. It is an entire woe is me chapter. It's all doobie doobie down. Woe is me. I'm in distress. Deliver me, oh God. I'm just going through it. Things aren't going right. And I know that life can be so unfair. And we don't understand how life works sometimes. And I'm not God. I can't even give you all of the answers as to why it happens this way at times. All I know is the Bible lets us know that we know all things work together for good. All things are not good, but all things can work together for a good outcome for the people that serve God. So what do we do? We just keep trusting in God. We just stay faithful to God because something good is going to come out of our situation. Psalm chapter 120. 
Here he is. Give me my jacket, please. Drape it over my head. Give me a tent here. Here's David. Psalm, Psalm chapter 120. He's under the tents of Kadar with people that are doomed, with people that hate his people, with people that are trying to constantly be a thorn in the side of Israel. I'm in these black tents. I'm in a perpetual state of mourning. And here I am. I feel so doomed. Woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. Oh, I wonder if sometimes even me, if, if my prayers aren't prayers more or less than me just complaining to God. Not you. I'm just talking about me. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's like I'm just licking my wounds to God. And you see this because Psalm chapter 120 begins what is known as the Psalms of Degrees or the Songs of Ascents. Psalm chapter 120 through 134 are these passages of Scripture. Songs of Ascents. Psalm chapter 120 begins with just this, Woe is me. Doobie, doobie down. Oh, I'm never coming out of this thing. Some of us, this is how we live our lives right here. Oh, ain't nobody got a problem but me. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Under the black tents of Kadar. And it starts out rough. Let me just give you a little biblical lesson here for a moment. These songs of ascents. These psalms of degrees. Here's what some of the Jewish rabbis say about these songs. These are songs that are sung in a low tone of voice and steadily ascending higher let me get my piano player up here for a moment that's one thing they say it's a song that begins with a low tone it starts out low just like David woe is me oh, oh, oh. oh everything's horrible Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms. Ooey gooey. That's what my mom used to sing to me when I was pouting. You got to get this picture though because this is where David is. He's here under the black tents of Kadar, Far away from the promised land. Far away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is known as the holy city. Jerusalem is called the city of God. And they group these passages of Scripture together. And Psalm 120 starts with the woe is me, dooby dooby down, and, and uh, I'm distressed and I'm perplexed and all of these things. And I, I, I've, got, I've got this, I'm crying unto the Lord, and I'm for peace, and they are for war. It's a very negative passage. Sounds very low. And they say that these passages are not just what David used. But now you look through history and it's what the Israelites would sing. The Israelites would sing the songs of ascents on their way to Jerusalem. Three times a year they would make their journeys for their festivals. They were going to Jerusalem, yes. the city of God. Yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. They're going through these deserts. Right. 
They ain't even got good shoes like we know them today. They're going through this rough terrain. And yes. Got all kinds of danger that could face them. Right. Wild animals, robbers. And they would sing these songs of ascents. Give me, give me just a real, just low. I need it to sound depressing. We're still in Psalm 120. We'll get out of there eventually. <laughs> so these, these Israelites would use them there. This was also what the Israelites would sing whenever they came out of Babylonian captivity, what you read in Ezra. Getting excited because I know where I'm going. <laughs> They're reading. You read in Ezra, the first book. They're actually looking for volunteers. Who wants to leave captivity and go to Jerusalem? I would think everybody would be like me. But apparently, it's a little bit of a dangerous trip because a lot of them didn't take the trip. And in fact, the ones that didn't take the trip had to give money to those who did take the trip. Let me tell you, it's always worth taking the trip. God will go with you. So you got to see this. David, the Israelites, Psalm chapter 1 and 20. I'm talking to people here. You've been in 120 too long. You've been in the woe is me too long. Here they are. you got to get the picture. We're leaving the tents of Kedar. We're leaving Babylon. It starts out, woe is me. Just kind of sing something. Sing it a little low. So we're leaving Kadar. Woe is me. I'm leaving Babylon. Oh, woe is me. We've been in captivity so long. Everyone's against us. Nobody likes us. Oh. I want peace. They want war. You got to see these Israelites, the children of God, the people of God. Every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. This is the New Testament version of what they'd be singing. There is power in the name of Jesus. Even when I pray in Jesus' name, it doesn't seem to happen. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Step at a time. <laughs> I'm sick of Kadar. I've been oppressed. I've been beaten down. I've been lied upon. I'm depressed. But I gotta get out of this place. because the songs of ascents of ascension doesn't stay down the songs of ascension goes up 
higher. And so they start off low. And so they start off singing low. Woe is me. It's horrible. We've been in Babylon. I've been in Kadar. I don't understand why it happened this way. And I'm telling you, I don't understand why life's unfolded this way for you. But I can tell you, you can start moving. You can make a move today. You can come out of that chaos. And you can take a little journey with me to Jerusalem. Because you see a shift in the tone now as we move out of Psalm 120. And as we step into Psalm 121. I'm going to read it. And I want you to sing it. Because Psalm 121, let's just back up. They say in Psalm 120, it ends with, I'm for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. We added, us nowadays, we've added the chapter and verse. You look at what rolls off the next, the next words that rolls off of his tongue. Psalm 121 verse 1 opens and he says, I will lift <laughs> up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Let me talk to you, soul server. You've been in Kedar for a while. You've been in Babylon for a while. You've been stumbling over the stones for a while. But 121 is here, and somebody needs to get your eyes up unto the hills. That's what they were saying. We're walking this path. But they were saying, hey, 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 my friend, look up there, look up there. That's Jerusalem. That's the city of God. That's where we're going. That's where we're getting to. We need somebody right now that will ascend with us. Get out of Kedar. Get out of captivity and take a step towards Jerusalem. Break every chain. Come on. Break every chain. Why don't you come to this altar right now? Throw your hands in the Let's come out of chaos. Don't worry about anyone else. Don't worry about what they're doing. Come on, let's begin to minister one to another. Jerusalem. Let's go to the city of God. Let's go into the presence of God right now. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There's a powerful moving of the Holy Ghost here. There's liberty here. There is liberty here. Don't just come out here and cry. Get your eyes up. Jesus is here. Going somewhere, you're gonna be set free, you're gonna have peace. Oh, that's it. Why don't you reach over and begin to pray with someone next to you? Oh, that's it. Lift your voice right now. That's it. Song of ascension. You've been down long enough. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
let's leave Psalm 120 and let's get to Psalm 121 today. You've been in the tents of Kadar. You've been stuck in a season. Now today, I release you to minister to one another. Prophesy good things over each other. A divine intention. Pray a blessing over your brother. In the name of Jesus, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. We're about to become praisers.
Oh, there is such a divine moving of the Holy Ghost here. Keep the music playing. Keep the music playing. This is long, more than just a, a momentary touch. This is supposed to be the entering into a, a new season for us. Somebody needs to receive that today, that we are going to enter into a new season, a new season. Some of you need to get the doubt of your mind right now that you're even thinking, well, I've tried that before. Stop that in the name of Jesus. You need to climb up. You need to walk up. Get Jerusalem in your mind and say, I'm going up to the hill of God. The, the path might be a little rocky right now, but I'm going to traverse it. I'm going to climb it. I'm going to break through anything. In Jesus' name, don't worry about it. Lift your hands and talk to the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Young and old praying together. Young and old praying together. Families ministering together. Yes. keep doing that just hear me and we're going to close out with prayer here in just a moment I wrote in my notes I was looking over my notes from a long time ago kind of like these journal entries and up in uh, at the city dump it just always has bothered me to be at the dump and mixed in with the vultures would always be a bald eagle or two it always bothered me I didn't have a message or anything for you with it I just kind of as a journal entry wrote about that that what business does an eagle have with a vulture at a dump 